Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Ugandan podcast that is proudly sponsored by the Ministry of ICT and National Guidance. I am Rita Kanyamujini, your host for this particular episode. And on this episode, we're going to be talking things corruption. We're going to be talking things whistleblowing and also one process that has just recently been concluded, that is wealth declaration for particular leaders within our government. Joining us to have this conversation, we're joined by the one and only the Inspector General of Government. You're most welcome. Thank you very much, Rita. I skipped the part where I say her name because I need to say it with a lot of oomph <laughs> <laughs> and say them all. So you're most welcome, Miss Betty Olive Namisango Kamia to Rome. You have the time. <laughs> go on and on. <laughs> I'll stop at those, but you're most welcome. Thank you very much, Rita, Mrs. Mujuni, and congratulations on your on your wedding. Thank you. It was spectacular. I enjoyed watching it. Oh, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. That's why we say technology, Kevin. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, technology has come in for this particular podcast and um, the conversation about corruption, the conversation about whistleblowing and mm-hmm. also wealth declaration has been one that has been on social media. Mm-hmm. I know it has kept you. You have been in the loop of all that's being said. Mm-hmm. You have also taken time to one, have media engagements about it and different um, areas that you've been publicizing Mm. about the office, but also you have listened to the feedback about these things. We'll start with one where I want to get um, the terms right, um, the act right, when it comes to what uh, particular leaders within the government were expected to do between the month of March. It happens every two years, and this is done based on the Leadership Code Act, which requires all political leaders and appointed leaders to declare their incomes, their assets, and liabilities, like I'd said, every two years. In summary, their wealth. Yes. How has the Even process liabilities. been? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How has the process been uh, for this just concluded exercise? Well, I would say, um, well, first of all, in addition to politicians and appointed leaders, there are some other categories in, say, the traditional public service. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think above the level of uh, director mm. that are also categorized as leaders. In Would total, we're talking about 31,000 plus mm. um, people out of the total of 400,000 mm. that are listed as people who get a salary from the consolidated fund. So this time round, it's about the 31,000 31, that we talk about. Those were 31,000 people required to declare. Who were required to declare? In 30 days. Okay, in, March, 31 yes, days. 31 days. Yes. And but they were given a lot of notice mm. from the day that the law was passed. Everybody knows that they're supposed to declare every second uh, March mm. or two March, every every March of the second yeah. year. Mm. Um, everybody should know that. And as you know, um, uh, what do you say? Lack of knowledge of the law mm. is no is no defense. Yes, mm. but I would say it was fairly successful uh, up to because we got eighty. declaration and even more successful because um, most of the institutions of government all the ministries Mm. especially uh, and uh, uh, agencies of government we got a 100% declaration the 20% that did not declare are largely in the local government Mm. that would be 
deep in the rural. Yeah. So I would say it was a fairly successful. I believe it was exercise. 80%. That's really good and based on how it was supposed to be done this time round, mm. which is using the online portal. Mm. Um 80%, it's a good number. Mm. Quite a good number. Yes. But what did it mean for these 80% that came online to declare their wealth and liabilities? Mm. How long would it take them? Because one would say, is it a whole day? For those that are wondering and listening and watching the podcast, mm. take us through the process. You come online as a leader? Um It's, it's the system is fairly simple mm. once you log in of course it prompts you and how long it takes depends on on how much you wish to declare if you have nothing then you go no 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 if you have a lot then you have to sit down and declare the asset and location and the cost and the source of where you got the money mm. you get involved in answering so many questions but for an average person i would say an hour yeah but mm. wouldn't a few people get away using that kind of system because i could say rita if i were on the other side mm -hmm. and um with this declaration like mm, should i put this will there be a question mark with this um i may say no quickly answer no 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 and leave but the truth is mm. i might have more than i'd want to declare how would some well, wouldn't they get away with that mm. of the law to under declare to over declare to false declare to not declare it is those are breaches under the law mm. punishable by very strict sanctions so it is not wise mm. not to tell the truth two it might be to your own disadvantage because you know the truth always catches up with you sometime in the future you want to dispose of an asset of your asset mm. and they say it is not yours it is not yours because you did not declare it yeah or you want to or, or your, uh, your 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 relative or ancestor or parent passes on and the children want to understand um the assets that they have that they need to share or to declare to the administrator general they come to us and uh, what you declared is what is yours mm. they cannot share What with what what you didn't declare so at the end of the day it is wise to tell the truth because mm. it catches up with you it will come back mm. but when we talk about declaration of wealth for a number of those who are watching the podcast and listening there's always a question of why why should they declare their wealth what is so important that the government needs to find out mm. about the wealth and liabilities that they have it is a tool gov uh, people who you know every public office we hold or anybody holds you hold it in trust for the people and the people expect you to to use that stewardship with the highest degree of integrity so that is why when you come in you declare what you have and it is monitored periodically so that your stewardship mm. is also monitored it has to be in consonant with your known source of income if it is not in consonant with your known source of income especially if it's uh, way beyond your known source of income unless you can explain it mm. then it means that you have not been um uh, honest yes. in your stewardship of public resources mm. so it is a tool and it is used the world over it's not just in uganda yes. it is used the world over mm. Mm. 
And that's how we hold our leaders accountable yes, while they're in office. Mm-hmm. Now, back to the declaration process. The challenges that you met with getting this 80% and the 20% that were not able to mm-hmm. declare. What were the particular challenges that your office noticed? Well, um we we try to ask people to declare at the beginning because there's a lot of room you mm. have a lot of time but uh, typical ugandan culture people like to do things at the last minute so you kind of clog the system mm. at the last minute and that could be one of the reasons that we went into the 20% mm. a clogged system when everybody wants to come in the last uh, quarter yes. of the period that you have so um people um need to give themselves plenty of time to do things mm. without hurrying and uh, of uh, the other challenge was um some people were challenged by technical know-how there are many people who just have no access or who find it very difficult to access um the gadget mm. the computer itself and where you are even if you have it sometimes network is a problem some people deep in the village if you're a teacher in a primary school deep in the village you have to get some money load a bus or a taxi or a border border to go to a trading center to be able to access um, um a, a gadget that will give you that uh, service and even pay mm. maybe someone who's going to help you so those are some of the difficulties that uh, that uh, that uh, i'm sure we found but then of course clogging the system mm. at the end because the system shuts down automatically yes at midnight of 31st of march the system shut down mm. if you're in the middle of filling in the moment it clocked midnight the system shut down yes. and shut you out so that part and also another is um when we get to the technology side of things was um something that you highlighted mm-hmm. i had a minute to read the the report of how it had gone which was also the ministry of ict and national guidance requiring you would need a database mm-hmm. in place mm-hmm. and how important a database would be for your office it would be make it very easy um because then we would not have to um to look around how many people do you have because we we need our own database to be able to know whether we we needed the, a database to mm. know that we achieved 80% um declarations but to look for that database was not easy mm. because you do not have one stop center one 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 information center yes. where you can just clock in and get everybody on the government payroll Of course you get some information from the Ministry of Public Service, mm. you get some from the Ministry of Finance which does the payment, you get some from the different um institutions. Yes. But with the current advancement in technology, mm. we should be able to click a button and get information in a uh, second. Yeah, and have it all ready for you already. to just go through. Yes. Okay, so the places we're learning, we're learning. Advise people if mm. you have it, you could prompt people give them a countdown yes hey so and so we're still waiting for your 
uh, we're still waiting for your declaration. You haven't declared. I think that would help a lot. If there was a prompt or there was a way to prompt people, mm. it would help. And I think it also speaks to the need for different MDS to work together in, in particular projects. And this is one that you're trying to say is not just for your office, but mm. also the entire government. And the entire government. Yes. There is some effort through mm. NETAU um, to get a, a UG hub. Yes. Uh, get most all government institutions um, have sort of a clearing house. Mm. But um, it, it's a journey. We'll get there. I agree. It's a journey. Mm. We have started. We're somewhere. Mm. We could be somewhere else mm. and we're getting and there. And the most advanced countries are not yet there. Yes. So we, we'll get there. We're taking our steps. <laughs> Once Actually, I think we're now past baby steps mm. with what's been happening with the NDP3. Mm. I believe that um, as the government of Uganda, we have really taken some strides mm. and we're going to take some and Of more. course, we can do better yes. and should do better because you're not, we're not an island mm. and you're not going to say, hey, wait for me because I'm still doing my baby, my baby steps. Yes. No one's going to wait for you. Mm. You're going to catch up with them or be left out Yes, the boat. That's true. That's true. Well, now we move to another side mm. of the conversation, one that's happening online, where we have the citizen helping you in the fight against corruption mm. and one that you have much welcomed um, earlier on, which was when um, the civil aviation, the Uganda, the Entebbe airport was going through what it went through in terms of corruption and all the videos that were circulating. And even now, so many other things are happening. But on social media, we seem to have the citizen join you in the fight against corruption. How has it been like your first receipt? It's receiving. wonderful, mm. very good. And I said, when I first took office, I said the war, it must be a citizen's war. Corruption cannot be fought. It cannot be an elite mm. war. Elites being these people who sit on this side of the bench in their air-conditioned boardrooms and uh, five-star hotels and... Uh, uh, business class tickets to s smart European cities mm. and um, civil society organizations. It has been an elitist war. Yes. And it's difficult to win a war when the victims mm. do not own the war. Yes. Now it's, and we said from the beginning that we would like to, to uh, partner or bring in mm. the citizens to own the war. Yes. And if, if that's our slogan, it is a citizen's war, mm. they must own it. But they must understand why it is their war. No, it's not just activism. Mm. It's because they're victims. When you go to hospital and there's no medicine, yes. you are the one who will die. Mm. Your child is the one. When you go on a bad road, you are the one who will pay more for the cost of the bad road in terms of uh, raised Fairs, it's you who will pay. When um, there's no uh, school facilities, so citizens must understand that it is their war. Yes. They are the victims. And so we provide leadership mm. because we have instruments of authority. I mean, you can't just uh, stop someone and say, I need to open your bank account and see how much money you have. Mm. But I can because I can sign uh, a bank inspection warrant mm. and direct the bank manager to allow me to check so-and-so's bank account mm. because I have the instruments of authority. But the information is with the person. Yes, I didn't know. Someone brings me that information mm. and I use the authority. So it must be a partnership. 
of mm. people who are aggrieved and mm. are victims and have information and the technocrats on this side mm. who have the 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 the, the, uh, the instruments of authority and do you think that the average ugandan citizen has grasped that idea of the power they have the fact that they're a victim and what they can do in this fight it's not the, i think it's uh, doing a great thing i, I think that uh, not probably not the average because awareness takes a while and mindset change it's also a mindset mm-hmm. thing to understand that i'm a victim like the people who are fed up with the bad roads i mean finally they did understand mm. that i i'm a victim yes because my wife delivered on the road yes or i couldn't even get her to hospital mm. so it's moving very fast and uh, we'll probably get there sooner mm. than later but awareness and mindset change are a process that takes a while yes and when we speak about awareness and that mindset change yes there is the citizen who's willing to put in the time and call out and maybe record that video mm. upload it mm. and call on the right people and say as the technocrats this is happening this is where it's happening then there's one who's saying even if i do it will i really find justice for what's going on in our society mm. that question lingers a lot yes um you cannot expect i mean it's 2000 years since jesus christ but there's still people asking mm. uh, those questions and even more years people are still asking about god so there will always be that person who will ask the question but the most important thing is the critical mass yes once the critical mass are moving forward they will move everybody forward mm. because they are the critical mass that's what we need we need a critical mass and the beauty of this for uganda is a very big percentage more than 60% of a population are youthful population yes. who are very um digital minded mm. who think e uh, i think uh, well among few things that we can say we finally we've got something that we can really use yes the power of the youth and ownership and their ownership of the digital era mm. i think is going to be the greatest thing that's going to happen to this country mm. because then they they are the critical mass yes and they will drive this war okay when you say they'll drive this war and they are driving it they at the moment it. Mm. it it has really changed say from 20 right past the pandemic the way the citizen that approached your office mm. of uh, the inspectorate of government was totally a bit less affair mm. if you you yes. might correct me mm. but now more than ever mm. that citizen has turned around yes you say the social media platforms mm. are where their voices are mm. but what have you seen because this is what i'm seeing on my end mm. as one of those youth mm. but what do the you see mass. the critical mass <laughs> they're driving us <laughs> <laughs> like a podcast is at the moment mm. yes what mm. what would you say about that youth what have you seen change over time uh, the face of the ugandan citizen using digital platforms um well one i will not definitely claim even a little credit but i will say that that's the way when we came in, when i came into office and we took office the same day mm-hmm. my deputies the deputy inspector general of government and myself immediately we started saying this is a citizens war yes 
and the citizens, you must fight this war. And uh, when they came out, for instance, on Entebbe uh, scandal, mm. we went out and said, yes, this is the, you know, there were people who used to say, I used to post this very much on my Twitter mm. page, and the people would say, oh, so now you want us to fight your war, and you're getting a salary? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you should do it, we don't help you. you. Know, and there are many people who are saying, uh-huh, so now mm. you failed to fight the war, no, for you which you're being paid a salary, mm. so now you're calling at citizens. It was a lot of this on my on my and on my web on my twitter yes uh pages on my social media pages mm. but now there's no more of that that conversation has changed yes. now they're driving it mm. so what i can tell them is that you're doing a great thing but there's also we can do it together because we have the instruments of authority mm. that you need to achieve a lot of things like to get people are uh, brought to book. Yes. Yeah, um, to get people brought to book, mm. to get uh, policy makers change policy mm. or formulate policy, to get um, um, managers of the uh, consolidated fund to yes. do what they're supposed to do. Mm. So those are the people that, that on the side of government. There are people who can now uh, respond yes. positively yeah. to your activism. Mm. But the activism um, uh, uh, prompts this response. Mm. So it's an excellent partnership. And I that's agree. the way it should be. Yes, and it takes two to tango. Yes, it and does. you know, in Europe, for instance, mm. I will tell you, almost everybody's a state spy. You look over, they look they look out. Mm. You, you cannot just abuse a child, the neighbor will call the police. You cut a tree in your garden, you're not supposed to cut it, neighbor will call yes. the police. So everybody's a, almost a state, is involved in a, in a ensuring rule of law. Mm. And I think we hear it now, we hear it for each citizen out there. Mm. You have a part to play yes. with what the state, what the it's government excellent. of Uganda is doing. Mm. Um, you're a citizen too. Before you hold office, <laughs> you're a citizen too. Mm. So it's, this is a part of the podcast where we usually take a break from the serious part of it and get to know you. Before the office that you hold, mm. who you are as Ugandan, we usually have three questions. Mm. Um, the first one for today for you in particular is, what is your favorite Ugandan holiday? You know, here in Uganda, we don't have things like a winter Christmas mm. and all, but when we talk about Christmas, we talk about eating food mm. and we talk about family. Village exactly. There's mm. Easter. What is yours? Um, my favorite, I mean, it depends really on even the year. You know, mm. like a couple of years ago, we had so many weddings, you know, so in, in the family. Mm. So the season is, uh, the weddings are going to be in December. So December is going to be a great year, a great month because yes. family are coming from all over the world. That is that year. You're preparing mm. for that. At another time, you are preparing a, a christening, a baby's on the way. Yes. You know, really... I, 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 in my status as a grandmother mm. of uh, living on the sixth floor of life, yes, I, I think I have so many options, mm. really. You must have a lot because yeah. Easter will come with christening. Yes. Uh, December, like you mentioned, will come Christmas come and weddings. weddings. And then the baby's coming all the time mm. and I want to spend take time off to go and spend. Now the kids, now my grandchildren are starting their holidays. I've mm. started their holidays, so I want to take time off so as as a grandmother mm. 
I have a lot of options. You really do. <laughs> you really do. One would say that for you the holiday is all year long mm-hmm. depending on the season. Yeah. So um the second question will be what's your favorite food? Ugandan. My favorite food is matoke mm-hmm. and vinyewa. Without katiko as about no, 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 no katiko no beef. Sim, sim. Oh. No, oh yes, vinyewa and sim, sim. Mm. That one I have to I had to burn it from my house for a while. <laughs> Because if I didn't burn it, I was mm. just going to get out of control. So it's all you wanted to have. Just, I just love matoke, mm. well-made yellow matoke, and groundnut sauce with simsim. Mm. And you're good one, to go. I'm good to go. Is it what we call? Okay, I think omuumba, the, the e, matoke. Omuumbo. 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 I'm now saying it from my other, <laughs> from my native side yes. of things. Mm. Yes. Okay. So we now know that matoke, top of the list. Mm. I think we've had in the space so of. So don't bib- tempt me mm. when I visit you and cook a lot of them because I will eat it. Mm. I also like a shabwe mm-hmm. very much with my connections now. Yes. My husband, is, my 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 husband was a mnyankore, mm. so through that connection. I got like a shower very much. One minute, can you make it? Do you have an idea of making it? Is Let it? me concentrate on eating it. <laughs> I agree. It's not one of the easiest things to one of the easiest things to make. Um, in Uganda, I know that you've had the ability and have been blessed with the opportunity of moving to different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. Is there any that you say steals your heart and if they told you you have a free week mm-hmm. where you get to rest, which would it be that you'd like to go to? Well. Uganda is a beautiful country. It is. Uganda is a beautiful country, but I think that uh, far western Uganda is very beautiful. Mm. Chigezi is beautiful. Toro is beautiful. Um Uganda is a beautiful country. It really is. We have really been blessed yes. to have lived and grown up mm. around such a country. Absolutely. Our last last question is now from Kampala. Your fondest memory in Kampala city? Our some will say there is a pothole, but it's not. There are some really good ones. Well, you know Kampala. I was almost raised in Kampala, bred in Kampala, mm. and my some of my really beautiful memories were when I was young. And um, you know those days, we, we my my father would put us in the car and take us for a ride. Mm. And those days, we used to have cars where you have flash discs now mm-hmm. we used to have record players you know okay. this round disc mm. really big round disc and you put it in the car and my father's favorite of course was Jim Reeves mm. and uh, those were very beautiful those, I have those beautiful memories was that usually on Sundays or past the weekend even on weekdays weekend, maybe even? because he used to work away from from work away from home but came all we every weekend mm. came home and so we 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 spent time with him on weekends and he would take us for rides and okay. and Jim Reeves would play and Jim Reeves would play and <laughs> others too okay. but those were the early memories mm. but then there, there's the teenager days yes. when it was about discos and who and the big hair I bet there was the, the afro <laughs> the time afro time yes. yeah, those were different times <laughs> as well the different times they're all beautiful memories and now they're and these times sad memories of course yes and now you're here in these times now I'm here in these times I spend a lot of time with my grandchildren with my family mm. I, i that's my best time yeah but also um alone i like to meditate mm. and spend some time alone some quiet time some quiet time it's not easy to come by I so agree. when it comes by it's very precious mm. 
I know for someone you say meditating. I know someone is out there wondering how do you sit down and just choose to be alone. <laughs> But it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. It gives mm. you peace of mind and yeah, help yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you you kind of uh, it's like yoga. You mm. go inside yourself and uh, retrospection. And keep quiet and, and everybody's everything is quiet. Mm. They're not easy to come by. They're precious moments when But they you do. get them mm-hmm. and you hold on to them. Now we're going back to the serious business. <laughs> Back to the serious part of the podcast. Um we've mentioned about the citizen and what they can do and part mm-hmm. of um your office also handling the whistleblower complaints. There are many who by the way when you whistleblow there's a particular amount of money you are given. Mm-hmm. But that shouldn't be the driving force no, of it all. Mm-hmm. But we want to talk about how you handle these complaints and what has the success been of these complaints that are brought. Mm-hmm. Um one Parliament enacted the Whistleblowers Act. And among other things, when a whistleblower leads their information leads to recovery of funds, then they get 5% of the funds recovered. Mm. So it's not like every time you take information you, you get, get some money. money. No. Yes. It is when the information you give leads us to recover money. Mm. Then you get 5% of that money. And I want to call on particularly the um low level management mm. in public institutions. They have a lot of information. They are used but they're not beneficiaries. Mm. I'll give you an example. The low level a cashier for instance who is the banking agent of a big institution yes will be sent to the bank to withdraw 500 million mm. he will bring it and give and these are re- real life cases on my mm. desk bring it to the boss and it's supposed to construct a, a road but the road doesn't get constructed yes but the the the, the cashier mm. knows that he brought the money yes but the boss gave him 2 million and said thank you and said thank you put it put it in there mm. put it there or the boss keeps uh, taking it yes and this guy has a lot of information mm. but because he thinks he's the boss now i'm calling on these people don't sit on this information mm. you fight your own you fight you everybody should do use their space to fight this war. Yes. There are people who will go on Twitter on social media, they're doing a great job. Mm. But they don't give us evidence sometimes. Mm. But you who is in that institution, you can even give us evidence. Yeah. Which will lead us to recover that money. Mm. Use your space. There is the driver who knows where the boss goes mm. and, da, 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 and where that money is taken and where that money is taken yes. and which houses are being constructed mm. in a different person's name use your space this is everybody's war use your space and people are crying of low salaries by government mm. government cannot cannot raise salaries when all the money is being stolen yes. we have had a research and uh, the findings of that research is that government loses up to 10 trillion shillings per year mm. to corruption now we have a work cut out in the short term mm. let's save this outflow of 10 trillion shillings per year yes. then when you ask for a salary raise Can the money will you. be there 
But one would say, how will I then be protected? Because as a cashier, I don't want to lose my job. This person... No one is going to going, know. Mm. I'm not going to say who told me. Mm-hmm. I will, I'm not going to say. In any case, if he's in jail, what will he do to you? Mm. And when I've confiscated all his things and uh, and he's recovered all the money, yes, he will need you to even give him a, a, a something to help him. <laughs> He'll be coming back to you. To you, to help. Oh, well, so I'm calling on everybody to use your space mm. to fight this war. Not everybody will go to court to give evidence. Yes. Some people will. Not everybody can get me that receipt, fake mm. receipt in the But you know about but that you fake know receipt. That fake receipt. Mm. You can get it to me. Yes. And you can do the social media um activism. Activism. Mm. You everybody please use your space to fight this war. That's your weapon. Okay. When 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 we get into how we fight it and the what would call what we aim to see come from this whistleblowing mm-hmm. is the recovery. You talk about the recovery. How Even much prevention. money? It's the prevention. But Both and yes, recovery, yes. Yes, for now those who the money has been taken, mm. the money perhaps hasn't been used, but maybe, hopefully, but still that money can be gotten back. Mm. The question remains that in the previous year, as the office you made sure, your office, the inspectorate of uh, government, mm. came out to talk about how Every single, from what had been collected, mm. we know that from the whistleblowers, about 30 billion shillings is recovered. Mm. Yes. yes. Well, so little, one would say so little mm. from all. Yes, so little really, but only because those are the cases that are brought to us. Mm. But the cases that are not brought to us are 10 trillion when we don't get to know. Yes. And, and when we get, so now, We are going to be more, we've decided to be more proactive mm. rather than um, desk chair inspectors who wait for information. We discussed this in our boardroom and we just agreed yes. that we are going to be inspectors of government. What does that mean? And inspectors of government means you get off your chair mm-hmm. and go out there and inspect every aspect mm. of government business. Without notice, mm-hmm. without authorization, just go there and do spot checks yes. like an inspector. Mm. So we're having our own mindset change from technocrats yes. to inspectors mm. and inspectors to inspect every aspect of government business. Have you been successful yet with the change, the mindset change? Well, you can't, you can't say um, it's going to be successful. I mean, it's... Uh, It's a, it's something we've decided mm. to adopt. And so we are still on how to get do it. set. Yes. But um I want to inform the public that we've changed our our uh, methods of work. Mm. We are going to be inspectors of government and you can expect us to pounce on you anytime without notice. So be we prepared. Just come here mm. and ask for your books and do a head count mm. of your staff because one of the one of the outlets yes is the inflated government payroll mm. so if we just come here and say i want a head count of your staff and then i want your payroll and your staff list mm. and i compare it with the minister of finance i would know whether there's an inflated payroll yeah. or not so we're just going to be more proactive okay mm-hmm.
So for those within these different MDAs actually mm-hmm. it's to make sure that the books tally with what you have on the ground mm-hmm. the lists mm-hmm. and what would call the ghost workers mm-hmm. but one of the things as you mentioned that particular area that requires that your office is going to need more foot soldiers mm-hmm. and it's a complaint that you have raised before of understaffing mm-hmm. so when we look at how many people you have vis-a-vis the work that you'd want to get into how possible is it and also the work you already have mm-hmm. yeah how how are the numbers going to change and this is something we've also discussed i think just yesterday yes understaffing was seen as a problem but now when we start thinking uh, digital it may not be a problem anymore mm. because you're supposed to be to use more more digital where there was more uh, physical yes where there was more muscle and, and more physical and i think we need to we shall be exploring mm. um innovations to get all this information without necessarily foot soldiers literally footing yeah to the ministry to find out i should be able to log in in minister of of lands and get mm. information about their payroll and log in in the ministry of public service and see whether that tallies and log in with the ministry of finance and see whether that tallies with the releases from mm. ministry of finance we should be able to do a lot of work with the uh, technological innovations than rely on uh, on physical literal foot soldiering yes So it's to embrace that and see how much you can leverage from it as yes. you use what would say the physical. Absolutely. So both will go hand mm-hmm. in hand. So we need to we, I think we need to go back to the drawing board and see how, and try to maximize mm. at least available um digital facilities and also push for innovations. Mm. Okay, so this is a moment for whoever might have an application that absolutely. could perhaps Absolutely. Yes. would we'll be very happy to listen to as many proposals mm. on innovations we discussed this uh, just this week we said we are going to have a retreat mm. and review our our resource uh, 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 the way we expand our resources mm. because i think most of government including the inspectorate of government the the um, management uh, i mean the human resource takes up more than 50% of the cost of managing or running an institution mm. almost 60% is in human resource yes but can we bring that down so that is more money for real work mm. for the real work a lot of money goes in there in and and everybody almost cries we need more people and people who are reviewing um mda structures they are even expanding them mm. you know, as if we're not in the digital era <laughs> like how <laughs> we bring technology has to leverage it hasn't hit home so, yet oh, oh so i think really you need uh, uh, 50 uh, investigators mm. to get this work done now you have that so they blot the 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 the, the, the human the, the structure yes but we should be thinking we have 30 mm. can we do this work with 10 yes and replace this 10 with a computer mm. you know and it's possible it it's very possible Absolutely. yes but some would be worried about their jobs that already exist no, but, but there's a lot of other jobs too <laughs> yes. they can do mm. they put, if you push them in the right direction they can do the apps they can give us the 
Yeah. Especially, I mean, I'm so proud that uh, we have um, the critical mass being young people mm. who are uh, e-driven. Yes. Well, that critical mass, that mm. e-driven mass, mm. has had quite a number of questions in a conversation that I know we cannot end the podcast without like having like, something from you to say about it. Mm. Um, from when it started, how it's going at the moment, the elephant in the room, which continues to be the, Mama, the Mabati scandal, the iron sheet scandal. Do we have to talk about it? Okay. <laughs> We can't run away from what the ordinary Ugandan's conversation has been. Mm. As even you woke yes. up to it, mm. I was a Ugandan who woke up to it and wondered how could this um, particular iron sheets mm. be misused yet they were for a particular vulnerable group of people. Mm. That's the Karamoja subregion. And many wondering, okay, we have gotten to this point as we're having and recording this episode. Particular ministers have been charged. One is currently still in a prison. On remand, the two are out on bail, but they wonder the list was quite long when it came out. Mm. As the office of the Inspectorate of Government, what's your comment as to how far the investigations have gone and how can Ugandans have confidence to see that such things won't be happening? Because many are saying, ah, you know, it happens. These things happen mm. and we'll just it will it will come, it's it will go. Sad. Yes. Um you say Information is largely media-driven. Um, while that's a good thing for media to provide information, sometimes and many times it is different from the reality on the ground. Mm. And that's where the problem comes, where people think that you are not very effective. Yes. Because... Um, I'll just put it this way. There are actually six affirmative action ministries mm. in the office of the Prime Minister. The Ministry for Karamoja, mm. Ministry of Northern Uganda, Ministry of Disaster Preparedness, yes. Ministry of Teso, Luero, um, Bunyoro. There are actually six mm. ministries. And each of those ministries had their work plan. Mm. And in the work plan, some of them had uh, iron sheets. I mean, yes, the Mabati sheets, yes. as some of the things they must buy mm. and also had a budget for it. So some of them, yes, they took Mabatis, but out of the budgets of their mm. ministries, which are not Karamoja, and actually took them to their... Um, to their regions, yes. which we are budgeted for. Mm. So... When you get to unpack all this, mm. you find that uh, the story was sort of one-sided, but there's another side of the story. Yes. That is why um, prosecutors have, are having a problem. One, to respond to the mass um, demands mm. for action and the political uh, issues, and the other one, to take the right information to court. Yes. And of course, court will want evidence beyond reasonable doubt. doubt. That's what the DPP is having a problem yeah. to get evidence mm. beyond reasonable doubt. Mm. That is one aspect. But for us, as inspectors of government, we have left investigating people mm. to the institutions of government that are already doing that, okay. like the DPP mm. and also our state house. 
we have decided to look at the bigger picture, mm. which is the entire relief function for the past two financial years. Okay. And we are auditing more the process. Mm. In the process is where um, the policy originated um, and then the, the budgeting and the procurement systems and delivery and storage, stores management mm. and um, the distribution policies. Mm. So we are auditing the entire chain yes. from the policy level mm. which initiated this right down through procurement to storage to distribution and to mobilization. And what do you hope to see or gather from that? What I know is, and what we know uh, uh, at the Inspectorate of Government, is that something like that, what we call corruption, happens at the tail end mm. of a process that begins by cracks in the system, by violating rules, laws, and regulations. Mm. When you violate the rules, laws, and regulations, you get cracks along the chain mm. and you end up with corruption, abuse of office, sectarianism, nepotism, all those things mm. come at the end of a chain. So when you look at them, you're actually doing a post-mortem. Yes. You need to go to the source of the problem and that's what we are doing. Okay, I know we'll be back to have this conversation and see what did that, what did you unearth yes, later on? I'm sure that we shall have answers. Mm. Mm. Well, our last uh, part of the podcast, this is usually is advice. And we want you to give some advice to the Ugandan who's watching and listening and has doubt because a number of times they're saying, well, you know, we'll have this conversation and it ends there. To have faith, you have mentioned where they come in as a citizen to help you in the fight against corruption. Mm. But what faith should they have in the Inspectorate of Government? We have fought wars in Uganda and in Africa. And we have won wars. But in the wars, there were people, the naysayers, mm. the people who were slow to get on board. We fought the war of uh, colonialism. It was a big war. Yes, it was. It was a big war because it was right in the mind, mm. beginning with your color and your personality. You're not as good as, they as are. the other person. Yeah. So we fought the war of colonialism. We fought the war of... Uh, we fought the Sluero, mm. uh, the war that brought in the NRM. We fought wars against genital mutilation, female genital mutilations. We're fighting wars against um, um, marginalization of different communities. Mm. So there are many wars that we must fight. But it begins with, the, again, it can even begin, not even a critical mass. Mm. Mass comes in the middle. But it begins with a, 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 a conviction, a few people, mm. or even one person with serious conviction that this war can be won and then the others will get on board. Yes. So in the inspectorate of government, we are sure this is a big war. It's a huge war. It's a wild war. But with the right strategies and the right communication, especially communication strategies, this is the war mm. that can be won 
to a large extent. Yes. We only need to to be there and our biggest partners will be of course the the media. Mm. The media, the press. You are going to be our big you already are our biggest partners. Yes. In this war. We believe in it. Mm. We'll win it. Okay. Well, that one person that perhaps could change and be a part of the war is one who's listening to the podcast today wherever you are you've listened you've watched thank you so much for joining us on the Ugandan podcast the conversation has been about corruption the whistleblowers and so many other things but one thing that has stood out is through the corruption fight you the citizen are at the center of this particular war absolutely so thank you so much for joining us the inspector of government thank you inspector general of government forgive me there mm-hmm. uh, betty olive kamia wrong way. Let say that very nice sound. I've used all the government names today. <laughs> Thank you for joining us once again. This podcast is brought to you by the Ministry of ICT and National Guidance and across all six platforms you can share, you can like and you can tell another citizen to join the fight against corruption within Uganda. From us to you, keep Ugandan. Thank, Thank you, you once again. Thank you very much. You're very good. Very engaging. <laughs>